What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, and joined today for this episode, I'm joined by 24-7 Sports National Analyst, Charles Power. Charles, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I guess trying to, I guess, uh, figure out, I, 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 I'm not sure about y'all, but I, I know we have like a storm coming through here. I'm in South Carolina, so getting ready for that a little bit. But um, yeah, other than that, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, man, I'm in the, I'm in the same boat as you. We're, we're uh, taping this on Friday. I don't even know how to pronounce the storm's name. It's, it's a something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like it, it's coming. It's not coming. It might be coming. I, I don't really know. I just am anticipating it to kind of yeah. rain, rain the entire weekend. Um, yeah, same. So Charles, I guess I wanted to get you on the podcast because everyone knows Miami's on this kind of epic recruiting run uh, over mm-hmm. the past couple of months. They've, they've picked up a ton of commitment. So I thought, why not get someone like you um, to kind of just share some thoughts on the class? And I guess the first thing, uh, could you kind of just explain to listeners, I guess, what what exactly you do at, at, at 24-7 Sports? Like, I, I mean, I know what you do. I, I work okay. alongside you, but um it's probably the same question you get all the time when you just like talk to a, a, an average person <laughs> yeah yeah so like i mean I, I like i think mainly what i do as it pertains to recruiting is just kind of um you know helping with evaluations um from like a national standpoint uh you know helping barton simmons with that and kind of going through and trying to um you know i i think one thing with our with our evals and, and rankings um it's it's always kind of important to um kind of make sure we're as uniform as possible when you go from region to region like we we have guys who do a great job in in their regions but i think a lot of it is kind of trying to um level things out from a national standpoint and um you know i guess ac- try to as, as accurately as we can compare the players um kind of across the country so that's kind of my focus um and it's just a lot of the evaluations, rankings, um, writing stuff for the, the, the profiles, the scouting reports. Um, Traveling. Also, yeah, tra- going, to, going to events, seeing kids, of course. Um, not as much this year, obviously, but um, in, in trying to, like, you know, I guess compare those guys. And um, I do a little bit of college football stuff as well. But um, I, I think one thing during the offseason as well, and we, I know we're going to probably get into this a little later, but try to kind of um, study uh, – trends and just try to improve our overall process on on how we evaluate players things we look for um and constantly trying to get better at at, you know kind of you know honing in on predictive stuff that we can identify um with with top prospects coming out of high school so that's that's really my main focus but um yeah i i I don't know about you ivan's but i always have trouble like explaining when people like ask me like what my job is like (laughs) i have the hardest time explaining i know like josh newberg has just been like i just just say football writer and just end it there but uh, (laughs) i always i always struggle with that no i do too and that's like the easy way out it's just like just yeah i write about football and just kind of go the other way but then you try to explain it and yeah i'm like we like rank the kids and they're they're like what like they're yeah. like and then they think that you're scouting for the school and i'm like no right. i don't i yeah, don't they, scout they, they think you're a coach like no i don't work i don't work for the school yeah it's a conversation that i wish there was like a uniform answer you could kind of just yeah, give give someone tough um you mentioned trends and before we kind of dive into miami 
this this has a little to do with the hurricanes and, and this was a story you l- wrote i think last week for 24 7 sports if people haven't checked it out i would highly recommend it um and you basically outlined why high school seniors should not skip their senior seasons and uh why is this is this a topic of discussion it's because a lot of states, uh, notably California, I think Virginia, um, Illinois, I know those are the ones off the top of my head, have decided to just push their high school football seasons to the spring, which means that some high-profile recruits who are already planning to graduate and enroll early uh, at their colleges where they're going just might not play their senior seasons altogether. And Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at first glance, anyone that follows college football and college football recruiting are like, yeah, this ha- makes absolutely a ton of sense. These guys are going to get on campus. You know, why, why risk injury? Uh, get them with the strength coaches. Get them around the coaching staff. But as you kind of pointed out, maybe that's not the right move for everyone. So I guess what was that kind of the basis of this, I, I would call it a, an abbreviated study, and what's your opinion on guys maybe potentially just not playing senior seasons instead just going right to college yeah so like whenever this kind of started to pop off you know i think california was the first one it was a couple weeks ago and we saw just like a rash of top prospects kind of jump to say i'm not playing like i'm not playing my senior year i'm gonna no, i don't i don't want to miss um you know spring practice i want to keep my plan to enroll early like my, my instant reaction to that was like i don't know if this is a good idea and just, just kind of from, you know, just anecdotally, just, just studying it. And, and just, yeah, obviously, like, I, I think one thing we, we've learned just overall in general is the senior season is really important for development. Like, I've always, I've always kind of thought that. But the more and more I do this and, like, look into it, I, I kind of, like, it's definitely kind of, like, steal my reserve in, in thinking that. Um, but uh, so I, I thought, like, okay, like, this might be a, something worth looking into. And, like, the more and more I dove into it, like, I, I kind of, like, brainstormed on it worked on it for about a week the more and more I looked into it I was like wow like this actually this is maybe more like important or more um it just just I, I think more relevant than, than I thought um I thought it was more of like an opinion but I think it's it's definitely like based in some facts after looking at it um I, I think the the first thing is is I, I players I think you have to understand that players development is definitely like a like we're evaluating moving targets colleges are evaluating moving targets in terms of the development and kind of where players are on their um you know in in their progression on their developmental arc and the the senior season is just such a big deal with that because a lot of times we don't have high school football players this isn't like basketball where they've gotten thousands of really beneficial AAU reps. The football season is, is a short season. Like we, we practice all year, prepare all year um, for 10 to 15 games of high school football. So you kind of look at the experience and live reps that a typical high school football player is going to get. Um, and they're, you know, a lot for a lot of guys is sacrificing your senior year. You're cutting that by a third or even sometimes a half of, of really meaningful reps. And the senior year is the most meaningful reps. If you look at it, um, so, so I think just from just exposure to football and live situations, which are really hard to simulate, especially for like positions like quarterback, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's pivotal. And then I kind of started to look at, um, just how prevalent early enrollee, like, you know, it, early enrolling is for guys who end up being top 
draft prospects, right? Because I think it's kind of spun a little bit as a rite of passage for a top prospect. It's like, oh, like you have to get on campus and get a jump on things early. The coaches definitely like it. I mean, I understand why they like it, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, I was surprised. Like the numbers were fewer than I like or less than I thought. The percentages, like I, 17.7% of uh, first round draft picks in the last uh, three years. So that's 17 out of 96 were early enrollees. If you look at the first rounders, it was only four out of 30 were early enrollees, or not, sorry, the top 10 picks over those three years, four out of 30 were early, were early enrollees during that period. Um, it, with quarterbacks, I, I mean, Ivan's, I don't know about you, but like, it feels like almost every quarterback enrolls early to me, just anecdotally. But when you look at the uh, first rounders, the last 12, only two of them were early enrollees, uh, two S Tua. Tagovailoa and uh, Jordan Love. A lot of those quarterbacks that were really always stayed and played like spring sports. Um, so it's just not as big of a deal. Like I think we're seeing more and more players enroll early with the early signing period. I think it's just the, the overall percentage is increasing, but it's pretty evident. Like we have a uh, very concrete history and like sample size of players who develop well, despite not enrolling early. And we, on the flip side, we don't have that for guys who skip their senior season. Like, yeah. I mean, there's obviously guys who get hurt, you know, like that, that happens. But I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't really recall a player who just voluntarily skipped their senior season that got drafted high. Um, <laughs> so it's just like, if, you, if you're like, if you're kind of measuring risk here, uh, I definitely would tend to play. I think everybody gets better. You're better off for it. Um, and the benefits you get from enrolling early um, a lot of times they're just short term, like they're, they're made up pretty quickly. I don't know about you. Like, no, 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 I know. I, I, yeah. I think you're bringing up some, some good points here. And I would say most fan bases, including Miami's fan base, it's like, well, if we don't have a quarterback enrolled, like they're, they're automatically behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know when that became like a thing in college football. I mean, cause it hasn't always been like that, but I guess over the past yeah. 10 years or so, it's, really just been like he's got to enroll early right uh, and maybe it, it only accelerates the, the flaming out process in terms of transferring <laughs> if, yeah. if we're being honest uh, yeah. I, w- I will say though I because I, I, I was looking it up when you're breaking it down Greg Russo you know is probably Miami's top draft eligible prospect he was mm-hmm. an early enrollee and if you like look at him you know it was pretty instrumental getting him in that weight room earlier but right uh, I just wanted to kind of bring all this up because no one really knows what's going to happen in South Florida. South Florida, in the state of Florida, I mean, they're like pretty gun set on playing. But uh-huh. as cases uh, of COVID-19 rise down here, who knows what the future lies. And right, right now, I think Miami has 21 guys committed. I think 11 of them have told me they plan to enroll early. So decisions are going to eventually have to be made. Yeah, I, I, I think too – you know, I, if it were, if it were me, if if someone was asked my opinion, which I don't know if anybody would want my opinion, but if if someone asked my opinion on this, I would say like, take a wait and see approach. Like don't rush to say I'm definitely enrolling early. Like if we get to November, December and the chances of in the season gets pushed back to the high school season gets pushed back to the spring and the chances, if you feel like you're like, it might not go off. I, then I think you like really can like look at this seriously, but I, I, I kind of made these, statements and conclusions under the assumption that we will have like that you will have a season to play that, there, that, that there's like an even choice you know yeah so um 
but to tie this back to South Florida, um, Ivan's like, I, I this, this was like, I, this was kind of, I, I knew this before, but when I went down there for that, um, that battle seven on seven tournament, uh, in January, it was kind of like hammered home. It's like the advantage of South Florida, like the weather ha- and having year long football, it kind of shows you like how beneficial, like it is to just be like have opportunities to play as often. And I think that kind of hammers home, like how important it is just to have a a football season. Like in in South Florida, I think the players down there are so like advanced, like you see the receivers, like there are a lot of times the receivers from South Florida are just better route runners because they're running routes all year because the weather's great. You know, like I, I think that kind of is, is in a way, a little analogous to the benefit of, of just being able to play, you know, just having the reps and being able to play. And I think you see that a, little, a lot with South Florida. Well, one guy I know, cause we were standing together at that um, battle tournament, you got a, a chance to see he wasn't working out was uh, James Williams, the five-star athlete out of American heritage plantation. He obviously committed to the hurricanes mm-hmm. uh, earlier this month, Miami's biggest commitment, really since like 2008 um just what do you think about james williams because it seems like every person you talk to in the recruiting industry has like a different take they think he's either a safety or or a linebacker or maybe even a defensive end i guess just what do you think of him having watched his film and maybe just had a chance to actually lay some eyes on him yeah so the first thing with 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 james williams is like when you see him in person like first impression you're just like holy cow this guy is huge you know like i i you see like i saw him and i thought he was like a defensive end physically <laughs> right like he's he's all like he's listed i think we have him at six five two eighteen. like he's all of that just like eye test wise um and then you see kind of his dimensions like his, his length and he looks like he has a pretty big frame um and then you watch him play you know like, okay like yeah like this guy has the movement skills of a safety so he's obviously very unique from a stature athleticism standpoint, um, which, which kind of, I guess is, is the, the genesis of, of this whole discussion, positional debate. Right. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, like I could see it going any way. Like I, I think you kind of get him in the program if you're Miami and you just see where his body goes. Um, you know, if he ends up being 230, 240, like, yeah, like you're gonna, he's gonna have to spin down and play in the box. I mean, it, is that likely? I mean, probably if you look at how, you know, guys who his size, like how we kind of where they end up. Um, I think like, like Barton Simmons for his, for his evaluation on, on his scouting report on his profile um, compared him to Isaiah Simmons. I think that's probably the uh, like, if, like, if you were just going to say like, he just doesn't get any bigger, like, yeah, that's probably the safest comp. Um, well, but, I think it's kind of like the best case scenario. Right. Comp. Like, if right, that makes right. sense, like, like, like if, if he had his druthers and wanted to, like stay as a DB that probably, yeah, I agree. It's like best case scenario. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't like, I mean, how, how is his size stack up to a guy like Greg Rousseau or Brian Burns, you know, in high school, he's probably bigger than them. Right. I mean, honestly, that's a good point that I'm, I'm surprised I haven't even discussed in the past. Like if you took those two guys photos at the same stage, like they're going to be pretty, pretty similar. Um, yeah, I, I will say though I did see James like last month before he even committed, and I think there was a point when he was pushing like two thirty because I'd seen him mm-hmm. back in in February. But he's kind of leaned out now, and he's at 
218, and he does move well. So I think right. he could be a safety. It, he's just one of the more, like, I mean, when you watch everyone in the, in the top 247, like, he's one where it's, this is just an interesting case study of which way it's yeah, going to go. For sure. I, I think if you're, like, I think if you're Miami and you really want to kind of unlock him, you come into it with an open mind and you kind of use him at you like first, like you see where his body goes and you use him in like almost kind of like this, like positionless, like Joker role. Like even like even Isaiah Simmons, he lined up like all like he lined up like five positions for Clemson. And I, I think if you have that kind of open-minded, um, you know, like uh, approach to how you use James Williams, that would really kind of unlock him and be like, yeah, like be a guy like, Hey, like we're going to rush him, you know, on third down we're might drop him into coverage. We might put him on a tight end. I think he has the um, framework to maybe be able to do all of that stuff uh, at, at the next level. So, but I, I mean, I agree. Like it's, it's going to be really interesting to see where his body goes. You know, there are, there always are exceptions, right? Like there's like Derek, nobody thought Derek Kennedy was going to play running back. He's 245 pounds. Like and he did. So um, I, I think it's one of those deals where you just kind of keep an open mind, um, get in. We haven't ranked as an athlete uh, right now. I think that's probably, a good spot like he's the he's the the definition of a guy who should be ranked as an athlete right so um that's kind of how i would approach it well i think he should be like defensive athlete uh yeah, designation right. there should be like a defensive one and an offensive one right. and then just yeah. overall athlete uh right. let's take let's take a quick break on the other side i want to talk to you about um miami's receivers introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Charles, you wrote another story, or I should say penned another story for for 24-7 Sports a couple days ago that I thought was real interesting. And it's on how the wide receiver position is kind of turning into – the arms race in college football like no longer are people concerned about stacking uh ridiculous running back rooms everyone wants really talented wide receiver rooms and i think if you watch the national championship game or any of lsu's runs this past season you you notice that joe burrow had a ton of targets um and if you follow recruiting now or you just look at the, the commit lists you know the programs like alabama oklahoma lsu like these guys or these schools are trying to get really talented wide receivers. Um, and, you know, Miami's not doing it to that level in terms of stacking uh, a bunch of top 100 kids, but they do have three pretty talented wide receivers committed in, in Romello Brinson, who's at Miami Northwestern, Brashard Smith, who's at Miami Palmetto, and Jacoby George, who is at Plantation. Um, I guess, first off, can you just explain why it, it, it has become such a, 
an important thing to kind of stack stack wide receivers or, or stash them on the roster? Yeah, I, I think we're seeing – first off, I, I think we're seeing teams that recruit at, at an elite level really prioritize the position. And it, a lot of it is hinges on kind of modernizing their offenses, right? Like LSU went from running like a fullback and or running, you know, a fullback and tight ends to going four wide. Um, so you're naturally going to have more of those opportunities on the field. I think the Alabama 2017 class with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Devontae Smith, I mean, all of who – like if Devontae Smith goes in the first round, they would all be first-rounders. I think that kind of showed that you really create a lot of um, mismatches and opportunities by putting that many good receivers in the field at once as opposed to – like I think I, I wrote this in the story, like it, it makes more sense to stack, you know, as many – top 100 five-star type receivers as you can because you can play them on the field all at once whereas running back like unless you're running the wishbone like <laughs> those guys one of those guys is going to be on the bench right right so um so yeah I, I think just schematically in terms of like like personnel use and getting the most out of your players in college football it just naturally makes sense um and then it also kind of if you have a good quarterback it, it, it feeds into that as well so it kind of optimizes your quarterback play um, so that was kind of my overall, um, you know, I guess thesis kind of on that. Uh, and I, I think we're seeing teams kind of modernize, you know, Alabama, LSU, Ohio state, I think is kind of on that track with how they recruited receiver last year. I Clemson mean, probably Clem Clemson was doing this before everybody else. Right. Like, I mean, they, they kind of were an early adopter of the spread offense, um, especially for Southeastern teams, kind of once Urban Meyer left Florida, it was not as much like down, down here. Um, you know, like Auburn kind of was more of a run centric deal, but Clemson was throwing it around more. Sammy Watkins. I mean, they, Clemson had a run where I think almost every receiver that started for them, like it's still in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, for sure Clemson and USC, I think this year, like there, it's probably weird to see an air raid offense at USC, but like it definitely improved their offense, I think overall and in made use of their receivers. So I mean, I think it's one thing. I'm sure Miami fans have talked about this a lot in the past with with just the um, competitive advantage you have in terms of recruiting footprint. Like if Miami were to run that kind of offense, and I think that's obviously something that everybody's hoping for with Rhett Lashley, it would uh, definitely play into the hands of of kind of the, the baked-in advantage you have you know, at, at the program. Out of, I guess, Romello Brinson, Brashard Smith, and, and Jacoby George, I mean, I think Smith was the only one that you would have had a chance to see mm -hmm. at that battle camp. But, I mean, you've watched film on these guys. Is there any one of them that stands out in particular to you? They're all kind of like different skill sets. Yeah. I Well, I, I like – I mean, I think versatility in your receiving core, like your, your, your receiver room, I think is key. Uh, like Nick Saban had a quote that I just like think was like really – insightful on this a while back saying he kind of likes his receivers to be like uh in terms of the versatility of skill to kind of be like a basketball team like you want to have guys who can do different things um and i think within the miami uh commitment commitment group i think there's definitely like a good versus like good variety of skills right like romello brinson is kind of your outside receiver physical i think he's probably a little raw but he's he's talented like if you kind of watch him move around um, in like camp settings, he like has a, like a lot of like physical upside. And I think he is definitely like his best football is definitely ahead of him. 
Um, Jacoby George is one who is like definitely on the, like the smaller side, a guy who could play in the slot. But I mean, we were talking about it, like, he's a great high school football player. Like his film yeah. pops. Um, he's a guy who is just kind of like that quintessential, like undersized South Florida, you know, just dog at receiver. And I, I think so that I think he's a guy who could be like a high volume target um, that you can move around and play some different spots and makes, makes some, you know, stuff happen after the catch, but he's a really good high school player. Um, so I think the main thing with him is just going to be getting a handle on kind of, you know, his ultimate upside, but he's a high floor, really productive, um, receiver. And, and then Brashard Smith is one, I think like we had him initially ranked as like a, a, like a running back, but you know, he's kind of like a full on slot guy. Now I think he's one that, um, you can get creative with, with how you use him, um, in terms of like the quick game, he's like, like stockier build. Uh, and, and you can do kind of like some end arounds and get creative with, with stuff like that with him as, as well. So um, I, I think there, there's a good variety there. And I probably I throw in Elijah Arroyo, I think, who is we like is one of the best tight ends in the country. Um, a guy who you could kind of flex out and um, kind of play in that. Uh, like if you wanted to go four wide, he could kind of be your your why, you know, like your flex receiver. And is, an, is it more of a um, definitely a lot more of a pass catching tight end right now. Right. Um, so I would almost kind of group him in with that receiving group too, just as a, as a pass catcher. No, I, I think that you bring up some good points. I mean, I, I think when we watched all of the tight ends, like me and you were noted right away that Arroyo simply was had a lot of different, did things different than most of the rest of yeah. the group in terms of like running after the catch and, and being explosive in the open field. Like that's what I think you should be looking for. Um, right just with how where football is going right yeah I mean he definitely has like a a very projectable upside I think when you look at tight ends who end up being the best ones they're guys like that who are just like a lot of a lot of times they're ones who are just big receivers and I know Miami's had a lot of those come come through um, you know in 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 the past but that's something that I I, I tend to value a lot more than a guy who's putting his hand on the ground and playing in line um, in high school uh next thing i gotta ask you because i i feel these questions all the day uh fans look at brashard smith they they know he's got a verified 4-4 40 yard dash time um makes plays on a, a, a notable team down here in, in the 305 is he someone you think that has a chance to move up in, in the rankings and maybe if not him is there anyone else in this miami recruiting class that you think that you kind of like the more you've watched or have seen yeah. of them? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, he, I, I think it would just kind of hinge on his, on his senior season. You know, I think one thing with Brashard Smith is, you know, the, the verified time is definitely good. Um, you know, you kind of, I, I would say like, you know, is, I think upside is a little limited with receivers, just generally speaking, who are, you know, kind of that stature. Like I think, for ones who are, if you look at receivers who are five ten or under, really five eleven or under, you need to have like legitimate, legitimate track speed to be like a, a top guy. Um, so I think that would kind of be with, with him. It would be kind of ironing out like, okay, like really, what is his top gear? Like we know it's good, but is it like, like how good is it? I think that would probably be the, the one of the major determining factors to kind of his ultimate like ranking ceiling. Right. Um, and, and then of course, seeing how he plays as a senior. Like I always try to come in like, you know. Like, like you said, we get these questions all the time, kind of trying to predict or forecast uh, rankings moves. And like, I, I love doing it, but I, I think it's also important to say like, hey, like we try to keep an open mind and just 
um, be as honest about what we're seeing as possible throughout the season. And I, like, like I said earlier, like the senior season is huge to me. So if guys, a huge senior season, that's, that's the, the obvious, it's kind of a cop-out answer, but it's, it's the obvious answer like to what could dictate someone going up. Um, oh, I mean, and real quick, like, Brashard Smith's five nine tops right now. Like that's what yeah. that's what we know he is. And it, I think the other thing that's a little annoying with the whole rankings conversation. It's like, well, why is he a four stars? It's like, well, guys, do you think we've not had that conversation in those debates? Like we right. we see there's both sides of it. It's not like we're you know just being adding up three star or or whatnot. I, I just right. think we're it's it's a process where you're trying to gather information. And a guy like Brashard Smith, you know he is supposed to be playing in the Under Armour All-America game if, if that happens. So he's going to have his chance to get um, – to, to, like, earn that fourth star. So Right. And, and we have – I'm just going to commit list right now. Like, we have Tyler Johnson as a 90. I was going to say him, but I, then I forgot we had him as a 90. I, I would go to I would go to Ryan Rodriguez. Like, I, I like Ryan Rodriguez a lot um, when I was kind of going through centers. Like, he's our number three center right now. He's 89. He's – I think I guess he's probably the closest Miami commit to being a four star, and we, I think we, I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think we might have bumped him up a little bit when we were going through the offensive linemen. But um, if not, his rating just overall within the centers, um, I mean, I, I like him a lot. Like I think comparing him to some of the other centers, I think he's probably got a little bit bigger, like a better frame um, than, than some of these other guys. Like the center position is, is tough because you don't really. It's tough to kind of shoehorn guys into center especially when a lot of them don't play center in high school so there's for sure offensive linemen who are rated as tackles and guards who are going to play center in in college but uh i i mean i i I am pretty high on Ryan rodriguez i mean he's he's played a lot of football at a pretty high level down there um at columbus you know that's high level football i'll play a lot of good teams i know you've seen him ivans but like i i mean i i liked his video a lot i like the versatility the movement skills um you know, he would be the one that I would probably like if I had to guess, like has the best chance um, just going into the season. But I mean, I, I like, I liked what I saw from him for sure. I know. And I, I think when you watch his film, it's like, he's a guy who's not really falling over. Um, yeah. Coordinated. Like, yeah. And I, I think a lot of people don't understand that just the casual football fan when you're evaluating offensive linemen, everyone thinks, well, he's not, 330 pounds or, or whatnot but it's like no right. that's not that's not what you want you want these guys that are like high level athletes right it's mo- movement skills coordination I mean you want like a I think to me like offensive line offensive line if you had to boil it down to like three basic things it's like movement skills uh like physicality slash attitude and frame like those are the three things like, I think you really look for um and you know yeah like would it be great if they were if everybody was there permanent size and you didn't have to project like sure but but at like to sacrifice that like at you know the behest of like movement skills like that no like I think the movement skills are like key like you really have to have that because it's tough to like get better at movement in college and it's a lot easier it's like to, to put on weight and get stronger like that's that's what that's what college strength and conditioning programs are geared to do so. Keep pre- keep preaching on that on that front. Uh, final guy I wanted to bring up, someone who will be making his decision next week. It's five star defensive lineman Leonard Taylor. He's out of Miami Palmetto, set to announce August sixth on CBS HQ. Miami and Florida are the final two. Those are the finalists. Hurricanes are trending on the twenty four seven Sports Crystal Ball. Um, 
Charles, we're higher on, on Leonard than the rest of the industry. You know, he's, he's our number one ranked defense to tackle. Just what, like how big of a get do you think he would be kind of for, uh, for Miami? I mean, it would be, be a huge get. Like I think if you, if you said, if you said uh, James Williams was their best commit or the highest rated commit since 2008, I mean, we have, we have Leonard Taylor higher, higher than James Williams, maybe not in the composite, but for us. Um, yeah. I mean, that'd be a huge get. I think, you know, my, I think the thing with Miami is just is, is continuing to build on success in South Florida and, you know, obviously having that translate over to the field. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, he's like you said, like he's at a, he's at a power high school with a ton of, uh, a ton of other prospects. Um, he is a guy who is obviously really highly thought of down there. Uh, I mean, it would be huge. And I, I think if you, if you look at kind of what he brings on the field, I mean, this is a guy who, who is just kind of a, a playmaker. He is, has ability to rush the passer from the interior, which I think is increasingly valued um, in, in, in kind of rare, uh, you know, so, and as, as one who is like, he's definitely like, tying it into that discussion on, on, on size, he's one who is, um, you know, I think like a little slimmer bill, which I kind of like, I mean, he, cause he's just so dynamic and you know, he's going to add add weight once he gets in the, right. the strength program. Like I think my, my comparison for him was Quinn and Williams. Like that's how Quinn and Williams looked in high school. Quinn and Williams was like two sixty, And after, after a year at, at Alabama, you just kind of saw him just completely take off once he kind of added that weight and, he was a complete mismatch when you put him on the inside, you could kind of, you could move him around and put him on a guard or a center and like you couldn't block him one-on-one. So I think that's kind of the, the hope for Leonard Taylor at the next level. And if Miami were to land him, I mean, he's a guy who could create a lot of problems, um, you know, uh, one-on-one kind of on the interior. And I mean, you've seen that in the ACC, like, like what a good D line has done for Clemson. Like it's just got kind of like, pace them ahead of everybody else in the conference i mean obviously they recruit quarterback really well but that d-line is a huge part of that so i think i mean leonard williams that would be that would be i mean sorry leonard taylor that'd be that'd be a huge get it's funny you mentioned like how you like his build and frame because one of our colleagues i I don't even remember who it was they texted me saying that some sec school like wasn't all that fired up about how leonard taylor was built and i'm like have they seen him like what what do you mean like i like how it you know, it's not a lot of body fat. Um, he's put together well. Like I would not, I'm not trying to get a guy where I'm slimming him down and, mm-hmm. you know, putting him at a, a training table where we're trying to you know, lose weight. Like, right. I, I, I think, I don't know, like I, yeah, maybe he's a little undersized, but you, you know, he's only going to get bigger and just the pass rushing presence in, in yeah. the middle is so I mean, important i think and, and you see like when you when you turn his video on i mean you see how disruptive he is like it's kind of like his video is kind of like funny like some of the stuff that you see happen like the, he like bats a ball like 20 feet in the air and catches it like there's just all kinds of it's just general disruption um that, that you see on there which i think is just like so key like when you're looking at at, at defensive linemen especially like defensive tackles like that's kind of a separator skill to me a little bit when you're when you're trying to figure out like who's elite and who isn't um, all right, last question. I lied. Uh, who from uh, Miami's 2020 class did you were, were you like a big, big, really high on that that you really liked? 2020. Um, well, I, I I know we were talking about this before. Like, I coming out of the draft, like I I kind of did like this like retrospective. Like, let's look back at our 2020 rankings. It had already been finalized. And one thing like, I kind of learned from the draft, I I like. 
I think we were probably too low on Jalen Rivers, just in hindsight. I know you liked him a lot, and I think Jalen Rivers, one thing, like, I was always kind of like an acolyte of, okay, like, like we don't need to have heavy offensive linemen ranked high. Like, all the numbers, like, the, the trends show this. And then we've kind of had more and more of those guys pop up. And one thing I've kind of tweaked on that is, like, wingspan and like functional athleticism and I think looking at Jalen Rivers through the lens of um other ones who kind of were similar to him who were drafted highly uh I think he's one that you can make a case like he could definitely like outplay his ranking like I wouldn't be shocked if we looked up at Jalen Rivers is a high draft pick in a couple of years just because of some of the stuff like we've learned since then and just looking at this past draft um the offensive tackles who were picked it was like the heaviest group of offensive tackles picked ever and Rivers has that length and he has that, you know, he was like a state shot put champion. So, you know, he's got like some natural, like transfer, like, like short range explosiveness, like weight transfer kind of stuff. So, um, you know, he's one that, that I think just coming out of the draft that I was, that I was higher on. I mean, I saw like, like I I was pretty high on like Isaiah Dunson. Like I saw him at, um, at the Atlanta opening and he was really good just like as a taller corner, but pretty coordinated, has good ball skills um he's one of the only he's one of the only ones i haven't seen isaiah johnson so yeah he's kind of got like a more of like a receiver body and but um you know pretty coordinated i thought he was good in one-on-ones at that camp i mean like i i'm high on avante williams um like i think he you know has a lot of versatility plays the ball well you can line him up at like a bunch of spots in the secondary uh just really aggressive player um you know uh, there's a lot of guys like I mean Don Chaney was one who I think we were probably might have been a little higher on in, in the composite um you know good build really athletic uh and and was kind of like a, a pretty dominant player at that level down there so you got to see him in person um at the at the opening and thought he was pretty good too so those are probably the ones that would pop out well I don't need I don't want to hold you here and just run through every every guy uh I really appreciate you taking the time um to, to hop on this podcast and kind of just go through some different storylines. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find your work? I mean, normally we link it on the site, but uh, I guess you're yeah. maybe your Twitter or whatnot. Yeah. My Twitter is at Charles power, uh, P W R. Everybody likes to put an S on my name, but it's just power. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, most of my stuff is probably going to be on the front page of 24 seven, a couple times a week. And um, yeah, but I mean, that would probably be the best place to find it. Uh, so there, that's the Twitter. If everyone has any rankings beef, that's that's the main tweet. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, man. L- l- luckily, I don't get as much of that as I probably deserve. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'm fine flying under the radar on that. Okay. Well, hey, I appreciate you you joining uh, the podcast, and hopefully we, you can hop on at some point down the line. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks.